let's get information. I slay. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome to the Vagicine Podcast. It's Vanessa here, and you know we're having courageous conversations about love, sex, and everything in between. And today is a listener slash sex news slash really short episode because I am still getting over being sick. Um, And just overall, just there's just so much going on with work, um, and everything's just so hectic, which is all good things, but... I'm exhausted. How are y'all? So, (laughs) um, this week, something I wanted to talk about was the Supreme Court case against crisis pregnancy centers. So I don't know if anybody's been keeping up, but I think it's been as of two days ago on Monday, when you hear this, it's going to be as of three days, um, the Supreme Court basically sided with the California anti-abortion pregnancy centers, meaning that um, there was a court case that came from the lower courts in California, where basically California law told crisis pregnancy centers that they need to disclose exactly what they were. Crisis pregnancy centers are centers that are predominantly religious run um, and religious based, and their whole basis is to ensure that people don't get abortions. So basically, California was telling these centers, hey, all right, y'all could be here. However, you need to tell people exactly what you are and who you are. You are not a medical facility, nor can people receive their full range of options, meaning um, options whether to keep a baby and information on keeping their baby, whether uh, to adopt, um, and whether to have an abortion. And so basically the Supreme Court ruled five to four, and the court claimed that if we tell these centers, which sets a bad precedent for ever, basically, if we tell these centers that they need to tell people exactly who they are, that restricts their First Amendment right. <laughs> so because this came out two days ago, I'm still processing. If you follow me on Instagram, I've spoken about pregnancy crisis centers, crisis pregnancy centers, also known as CPCs, and they're not good for anybody. And that's not just because, um, you know, they're religious based or orientated and oriented, <laughs> oriented in religion. It's just simply that they are doing a disservice. Oftentimes, a lot of these crisis pregnancy centers, they dress up as a Planned Parenthood. So if you've ever driven around the Planned Parenthood, um, you'll notice protesters. And a lot of these protesters make sure that their signs, their placards, their cards mimic those famous colors of Planned Parenthood, the hot pink and the white, um, and other, you know, very public reproductive health care centers that are providing full range of options. And what they'll do is they'll hang out, they'll tell people, you know, do you need help? You know, do you need a pregnancy test? I can help you. And that's one of the more visible ways that they're out on the street corner. And so when they give somebody, you know, this information, somebody who's willing, you know, who needs the information that they're seeking, 
you know, one glance, somebody will be like, oh, this is legit. Okay, let me see what they have. But then when you turn uh, that brochure over, look at that plate, that, that postcard, you'll basically see that they have a lot of anti-abortion rhetoric. They have a lot of fake fake news <laughs> in regards to giving, giving stats like, you know, abortions cause breast cancer and, you know, you shouldn't give up your baby and just a lot of different things that nobody asked for, right? A lot of uh, myths um, and just basically what it is, fake news, like none of that shit is actually real. There are no studies that show any of those things. Um, Another way that crisis pregnancy centers show up, which I think is just super important to talk about, which is why I'm starting out the show with this, is because a lot of times if we're pregnant or we know somebody's pregnant, we're just trying to get them help immediately. And so the biggest indicator to know is a crisis pregnancy center is if you're driving by and you see a sign that says pregnant, need help, call this number. (laughs) Um, Or it'll have like a little angel statue along with the get help, you know, need help, call this number. Typically your more legit centers are not advertising that way. Typically, you know, they got a graphic designer on the team. Like they they got some better stuff going on, all right? And so typically when we see those, you call the number, they'll invite you in to take a pregnancy test. And in, in some, a lot of states, they're getting way more sophisticated. They have mobile vans and they drive around and, you know, getting people the quote help that they need. And when you call the number, they'll encourage you to come in and get a pregnancy test. And um, some centers, uh, due to some research that I've done, can even give you fake pregnancy tests because their sole mission is to get people to carry babies. They don't want you thinking about nothing else. They don't want you saying nothing else. They just want you to have that baby. So I invite you to take a pregnancy test. If your pregnancy test comes up positive, they'll come in and they'll be like, congratulations, this is so exciting, and give you some quote counseling. And the counseling is not comprehensive. It is just solely about how can we encourage you to keep your baby, have your baby, you know, let's give you some diapers, let's get you out the door. Even if you're like, I can't afford this baby, they're going to say and do whatever it takes to ensure that the outcome that you have when you walk out of there is carrying your baby. And they will do that through whatever pressure, pictures, etc. bringing other people in the room to talk to you. Well, by any means necessary, they're going to get you to do that. So that's another way to know that you're at a crisis pregnancy center. Another way to know that you're at a crisis pregnancy center is if you do options counseling and they only give you the one option, carry your baby. Um, Legit places are supposed to give you all three of your options, like I said. And so typically it's not rooted in anything such as a, unless you're happy, They'll typically just say, this is the outcome of your pregnancy test. These are your three options. Do you know what you're thinking at this point? Let me give you some information, etc. They will provide you the information for all three if you want. You know, they will give you the information if you're like, I need, I, I can't have this baby right now, whatever it is, they will support you in that without judgment. And so that is the way that um, a lot of these centers are getting through and 
I mean, I feel like this issue is huge because as you can see with the administration that we have now, they are doing whatever it takes to dial back all of our rights, whether that's being Muslim in this country, whether that's being black in this country, whether that's being a woman in this country, whether that's having a vagina in this country. And they are trying to do whatever it takes to ensure that folks do not get the help and the resources that they need. Crisis pregnancy centers are not even required to have medical staff. So a lot of these places just have volunteers who just come together and they're like, all right, y'all, let's just, you know, buy a whole bunch of pregnancy tests that you would just otherwise get at the store yourself. It's the same thing. And they just, you know, put on some coats sometimes. A lot of them offer um, vaginal invasive ultrasounds. Uh, and a lot of these people do not have medical licenses. And in a lot of places, they don't need to actually. And so it's just really disheartening to see that um, nothing that is being pushed forth needs to be rooted in fact. Um, it's deceptive because we are not giving people the the resources that they need. We're not giving people the information that they need. And a lot of times folks don't know what they want to do when they're when they're pregnant. And so to basically stand by a whole bunch of people and a whole bunch of stupid institutions who are only here to push their agenda no matter they don't care what happens once you carry carry that baby drop that baby they don't care if you have enough income for that baby they're going to probably give you some pampers and just send you on your way and so it's deceptive I want you to keep your eyes out for them because there's so many people that I know who call me and they're like, oh, yo, I just went to, you know, I just got this pregnancy test done and they didn't even bother to give me a number for, you know, the abortion clinic or they didn't even give me the adoption information. It's That's how you know. And that is where the deception comes in. And that's not fair to anybody. So y'all keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> See what's out here. Um, I believe it was the Feminist Foundation when I was in college. They did an amazing undercover, um, uh, I don't want to say sting, but they did like an undercover, uh, project where they sent students into a lot of these, uh, crisis pregnancy centers. And I remember, I will never forget, which is where I really started learning about crisis pregnancy centers. And I knew from college, like, the, this is bullshit. There was a story of this woman. She, um, you know, was a lesbian, never had sex with men, never intended to have sex with men. And she went to the crisis pregnancy center undercover. And, you know, she took a pregnancy test and they came out and they were like, oh my gosh, congratulations. This is so amazing. What, you know, your baby is probably this small and all of these different, you know, indicators of having a baby. And it's like, yo, these people don't care. Where'd y'all get this positive pregnancy test from? And so I just think it's important to, you know, to keep our head on the swivel, to know what's going on. And especially when we're trying to like help ourselves and friends um, get care and support that they need, just ensuring that we're going to legit license places that provide medically accurate, scientific-based information, because at this day and age, you don't even need to have it. So if you need any more information on that, I'm more than happy to send a million articles and just chat more because this right here that came out, 
I just can't believe that, you know, we're here right now and this is, this is what we're debating. So moving on, um, I got some listener questions. I love when y'all send me questions. Y'all, y'all be having me out here thinking, okay? I love when you ask me questions. Please, please, please keep sending them my way. Any questions that you have about love, sex, relationships, and anything and everything in between, please definitely send my way. There is no question that's too stupid. I am here to support you. You can send those questions. You can DM me those questions on any platform on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Vagisteam. And you can email me at Vagisteam at gmail.com. You can even text me your questions at 443-692-7802. So our first (laughs) question comes from Vibrant Vixen. And Vibrant Vixen says, how do you talk to your part, your significant other about going down? We have tried in the past and it was terrible. Like he didn't enjoy performing it and it didn't feel good to me. Since then, we have not gone down on each other. No one. I enjoy receiving cunnilingus, but not when it's trash. (laughs) Sis, thank you. mm, Okay. I have not even offered performing fellatio if I'm going to get trash performance in return. We had a discussion in the past, and he said that he preferred vaginal intercourse instead. I like that too. However, sometimes I want oral sex. How can I broach the subject without getting, without feelings getting hurt? I'm down to reciprocate if I get it too. I will not give head unless you're willing to return the favor. Help. That was H-A-L-P. That's when you know it's serious. So vibrant vixen i appreciate you sending me this question and since i got your question i've just been thinking a lot because one i want you to know that you deserve to get the head that you need and you deserve to just get head period good head okay it is not fair it is not fair for you to be out here not getting what you need and i totally agree with you i mean who wants to receive something that is not up to par and who wants to receive who wants to receive head from someone especially if they don't enjoy it because that right there that's all the that's part of the skill i think that's like 70 percent of it enjoying it and then everything else the where to put your tongue how to move your head how to breathe etc will come afterwards but you know you really deserve to have an active participant so in thinking about um in thinking about what you said here i totally agree with you i think that there's a few ways to do this so think i need you to think about is there a time and a place where you feel most comfortable where you can talk to your partner i believe that this time and place should not be during sex uh before sex (laughs) i think you know if there is a time where y'all are just like hanging out or even if you you know after you've had sex and you know you are you know cuddled up i think that this could be a time to um start having the conversation and about feelings hurt i know that this is something that we're constantly talking about and between me and you i'm tired of these damn hurt feelings because listen if you weren't giving head the right way i have i have zero doubt in my mind that he'd be sitting here thinking through like ah ah how can i make sure her feelings aren't hurt like they want to make sure that they're getting theirs too so a way to broach the subject is one making sure that you're in a time and a place where you have time to talk 
I would think about how you're bringing this up. So I always like to do the sandwich compliments. So a way that I do this is, hey babe, ooh, I love when you, you know, do this, this, and that. You know what would really help me if you did this? And I love it if you could do it in that way because it just will get me going and I think about it and I think about you doing it and I just know it's going to be amazing. So how do you feel about trying that out? And so with the sandwich compliment, it's giving a positive, giving your critique and ending on a positive. Um, so that could be a method. I think another way, depending on who your partner is, Sometimes folks like a very direct approach, like, hey, listen, what would really help me orgasm? And even I think the fact thing in there too, what would really help me orgasm is if, you know, you went down and I have a few suggestions. You know, I like it if you would do this. I like it if you licked here, if you put your tongue here, not going right for the clit. If you want to go the sweetheart way, <laughs> which is all around sweet, I think a way to do this is, hey babe, so I wanna chat with you and I wanna talk about our sexual needs and maybe start with him first. Like, what is it something, what's something that you would like me to do and how would you like me to do it? And maybe even like make it sexy, like how about I try it right now? And maybe he'll be like, I really like when you give me head. And I think a good way that has worked for me is letting your partner show you. So a way to do this is having your partner place their hand like on the back of your neck or holding your jaw or, um, you know, on your shoulder to help direct and guide you to what they're doing and making it sexy and sensual by looking up at them or ha talking to them in between. Like, do you like that? Do you like it when I do it like that? Does that feel good? And then maybe we can turn that into a reciprocal thing like, all right, so I'd like to show you what I like because whenever you've done it, I, you know, it just, I just know like it would just turn me on. So can I show you too? And probably making it like a really, um, teach me, teach you kind of session. And maybe that can get the juices flowing as well. I also think doing things with like just facts. So I don't know, I, I wanna know, for me, I wanna know more about what is it he's not enjoy, like he's not enjoying. Like what's happening? Is it because he doesn't know how to do it? Because that's okay, that's legit. Like, do you not know? Like some people just don't know. And that, we can definitely help you find some resources on that. There's um, different cartoons. And if you DM me again, I can send those your way. There's different cartoons. There's different book suggestions that I can give you um, that, can, that are instructional, that can help, um, that can help people learn um, these things. And so what is it? Is it that he had lacks confidence in his skill? Um, is it that maybe he maybe he's like oh man like maybe if you just shaved a little bit and which listen i am with people telling you what to do but if it's something that's like hey i really just literally can't reach your clit like i can't reach your clit do you mind just you know trimming a little bit or spreading your lips a little bit or whatever um, what is it? I don't know. And so I would, I want to know what's happening because there has to be something. Now, 
if it's just that he's grossed out by vagina, but he's not grossed out by you giving him head, now that's a different issue that we're going to have to... We're going to have to explore because if this is a person that we want to be in a long-term relationship with, I understand that there are preferences. However, there are times, and it sounds like you're willing to compromise, there are times where sometimes we do things that we know our partner likes. And there's actually psycho- like psychological papers that have come out to show that there is an effect um, called, I think it's called the helpers helpers high that's what it's called helpers high where basically people um you know build up feel-good hormones that oxytocin that that bonding hormone by doing something that doing something for someone else that makes the other person feel good and so maybe even giving him facts like you know you would make me feel really good um, a lot of women can't orgasm or a lot of people with vaginas cannot orgasm you know without having direct political clitoral stimulation and this is a way that I know I can get off every single time and I'd love for you to get me off and I want to get off like it makes me feel good um so I think that there needs to be some sort of talk because I want to know what is it is it what what's his what's his reasoning if it's his lack in confidence I think breaking it down and being like I'll show you exactly what I like babe and you know what we can do it together and I think motioning and helping and helping him the way I help my partner sometimes is move you know moving either moving my body or moving my pelvis or moving their face their literal face to get them where I need to be because it's about pleasure you're doing something that's helping me feel good. You're doing something that makes me feel good. You're doing something that I like. I want you to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want you to do it to me. I That's how much I like it. That's how much I enjoy you. And I want to explore you more. And I think setting, up, setting it up in a way that can help... Um, help him understand can be helpful as well. And if he's like a fact-based person, like, listen, I can't... A lot of people can't orgasm without without clitoral stimulation. And the biggest way that a lot of people with vaginas orgasm is through getting head. Can you help me out with that? Whatever that looks like. Um, and again, I can give you stats with that. But I think helping, speaking to your experience and speaking to what will make you feel good. Um, and whether that's starting off slow, whether that's kisses down kisses going down your body kisses in other places so that he can start no like knowing how to take his time how to kiss places because a lot of times like just having vaginal intercourse is not always getting to what you need especially like if he likes to be dominant and so you're not always getting on top and being able to grind it out so that you can get that direct um vaginal um stimulation and I just, there's a whole repertoire, and especially if this is a person who's your long-term partner, we want to be able to explore these things with them because we want to be able to introduce new things. And I think if he's willing to be open, then I think it's all right for you to be open too and asking him, like, what would you like me to do? What are things that you would like me to explore? Or even bringing new things, like, let's read this book together. Let's watch this video together. Um, you know, let me, you know, let, let me tie you up. Um, maybe I don't know if he's into toys or not. Like, you know, I saw this toy. 
you know, can you use it on me? We can, there's toys that couples can use together. So those can be some different ways that we can introduce um, having this conversation. And again, I agree with you. The reciprocity is so important and it's so important in a sexual relationship to be able to reciprocate and to make each other feel good. And if it's just going to be like, bow, kiss you in the mouth, bow, my dick's in you. Like, they ain't going to... They ain't going to hold you over too, too much longer. So I do think in just even not just talking about the head, but talking about just other acts or other things that you like, ways that you like to be touched, ways that he likes to be touched, things that, that he likes to do beforehand. Does he like getting kissed on the neck? Does he want a massage? How does he want to engage in foreplay? What is foreplay for him? And having a conversation about that, like you could even probably start like that. Hey, babe, what's foreplay for you? How do you how do you like me to start? Um, and I think sometimes turning it on the other person can definitely help in trying to open up the door in order for them to now turn it around on you, for them to ask you, well, what would you like me to do? What do you like that I do? And I think, especially with a partner like this, I think it's helpful to have a lot of compliments and to have a lot of you know, I love when you do this. I love when you do that and really boosting them up because now this gives them the confidence to know that they can satisfy you in another way. Maybe he feels like he just is lackluster because of your perform, because of how you're performing or how you're sounding on the other end. And he's like, all right, nah, never doing that again. And speaking of that, your um, response to it, I think that if he is doing a good job in doing something, making sure that you're responding, whether that's verbally, um, through moaning, that sounds natural for you, you don't have to be a porn star, uh, whether that's you know moving your body closer, whether that's squeezing their arm or squeezing their shoulder or moving their head closer, or just giving them a little squeeze, a little scratch um, to show like, oh yeah, I'm really doing that positive reinforcement to really show like that they're doing a good job. And I always operate from positive reinforcement. <laughs> um, and so for me, um, so for me, knowing that I'm doing a good job only encourages me to do a good job. And hopefully that works out for him too. So let me know how it goes. I gave you, I don't, uh, sorry, I gave you a whole bunch of run on sentences. I hope, um, that was helpful and definitely feel free to keep DMing me until we figure this out because this is important and you're not the only person that's dealing with this. I have, I know a ton of people. I have people ask me this all the time. You know, how can I get my partner to get better at doing X, Y, or Z? And, um, and especially when we're dealing with someone that we care about, you're right. We don't want to hurt their feelings. And so if you need some of those instructional guides, if you would like some book suggestions, I'm more than happy to send those your way because it is reciprocity in a relationship is so important and being completely satisfied and at least working towards the satisfaction, even if it's, you know, a C we can get up to a B and that, Hey, that's what we're here for. Like we're always learning and there's always something new to learn, but your partner also has to be open to it too. So definitely hit me back. Let me know, know that you're not in this alone. Um, sometimes it takes some patience and sometimes it does take, um, you know, some conversations and just navigating 
how, where and how your partner feels comfortable. Because a lot of times men aren't given the tools to know how to communicate about this in particular, how to communicate about sex. And they feel like they need to know everything. And if a woman's telling them what to do, then, you know, it hurts their ego, but it's all about approach, right? And so let me know how it goes. Let me know. Um, I'm so glad you're not giving up on this. So many people I know are like, well, I'm just gonna not get this for the rest of my life. And no, uh-uh, I do not believe in that. So <laughs> let me know how that goes for you. Um, and I appreciate you, you know, sharing that with me. So the second question I have is about the way that the vagina smells. So this question says, hey, Vagistine, can semen or having sex change your scent? Absolutely. Thank you so much for asking that question. So I get this question a lot. A lot of people, this experience, this, a lot of people experience this. For a lot of people, um, their um, vaginal pH and just the way that they may usually um, smell their natural scent may change after having sex. And I mean, that's for a lot of different reasons. So semen has a basic pH. So semen is very basic and the vagina is very acidic. And so sometimes that interaction, the semen being inside and also semen semen staying inside and and even though a lot of it drips out (laughs) um some of it stays inside and can actually alter the scent of our vaginas and this is not harmful for some people they're really sensitive and if you're super sensitive i would find other ways to potentially um gather that semen which is probably having your partner pull out or having your partner use a condom because I know a lot of people where they're just like, I absolutely can't have my partner nut or come in me because, you know, completely throws me off balance. So having your partner pull out as they're about to ejaculate can definitely help with that as well. Or having your partner put on the condom, not just for that, but also for STDs as well, um, is helpful. Also, for those where it's just a, a minor nuisance, it's not harmful at all if your scent um, changes. Typically, it'll go away within a few hours or after taking a shower. When I say take a shower, again, washing around the vulva, not inside of the vagina. There's no need for any of that. We don't need to douche. We don't need to do anything to get rid of this um, scent. It happens naturally for a lot of people. It should go away after you go to the bathroom a few times. Um, and just make sure that something that's helpful for me is ensuring that you know you're completely dry after sex because sometimes you know we get up in there and you know you're done and things just start to pull around so just getting up hopping up making sure that you pee so you are decreasing your chances of a UTI but also making sure that you are drying off with a towel um and just making sure that you're as dry as possible and putting on either going without underwear or wearing cotton underwear just to make sure that you know you're breathing down there because I know that with that the underwear that I've talked about before the the seamless underwear sometimes those lace 
or whatever, those polyester types of underwear, they trap a lot of moisture in and so it doesn't allow you to air out and also it can also retain that scent that we're trying to get away from. So definitely wash up, not never sticking anything inside the vagina. Know that this is natural and it happens to a ton of people and you are absolutely correct. Go ahead, little scientist. I see you and thanks so much for sending in your question. <laughs> and lastly, um, <laughs> this question doesn't have, no, it, it has something to do with relationships. So TT <laughs> asked, what, the, what are your thoughts on this new Beyonce and Jay-Z album? TT, appreciate that question. Um, you see, I don't know where to start on this one. You know, one of my big fears is to be dragged on Twitter. So I don't want any like beehive people. Um, I'm a Beyonce fan. Like I love Beyonce. I'm out here. I was, I was not watching Coachella at 4 a.m. with y'all, but I, I, I watched it two times, you know, the next day, three times a day after that, you know, I'm, you know, I got my whole you know, album saved up on my title, like I'm, I'm with it. However, when it comes to this album, y'all, I just, it was, I just felt like it was just lazy. I feel like they were just like, Hey, you want to go to the studio? All right. I am rich and I'm with my husband and we're together. I'm with my wife. And we're making the album so y'all can stop asking us when the next album's coming. Thank you very much. Here it is. Good night. Whoop whoop. Yeah. So that's the album that I thought it was. Um, <laughs> I So Beyonce was trying. Like on the scale of where Beyonce was with this album. On a scale of 0 to 10. Like her effort... You know, she was giving us a solid, like, five, six. Like, we know Beyonce could come better than that. Like, I like what she was doing on Ape Shit. I liked, I like, I like rapping Beyonce, by the way. Like, I enjoy rapping Beyonce. Like, I, I'm still getting used to rapping cursing Beyonce, but I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. However, when we talk about the effort level of a Mr. Sean Carter... Mr. Half of the Duo of the Carters, 50% of Le Carters. Um, I mean, he wasn't like, I'm, go I'm going to give him a solid three. Sometimes he was off beat. Sometimes he was off base. Sometimes he was just saying shit on the track. Sometimes he just got on the track and was like, hey, B, yeah, we making videos in the Louvre. I got a turquoise suit on. I'm off beat. So I don't know what the hell he was doing. And this is why I don't see it for Jay-Z like that all the time. Like Jay-Z solo, cool. Jay-Z on this album? Girl, he was not... He, it was just the laziest lyrics. Just let me just come on the track and just make something stick. And that is what we are. Take one. We are putting that out. So I was, I was just not feeling that. They had a lot of clever quips in there. You know, they had Beezus, Watch the Throne. I see what she did there. I see what she did there. I, you know, they were talking about, you know, wealth, you know, grandkids already. I like that. Cool. But not, you know, I heard it, I heard it, um, 
think I heard the album three times, I'm good. Like, I'll just go back and listen to Ape Shit. I'll listen to a couple, you know, I'll listen to a couple of tracks. But other than that, it's like, I'm not, it's not my summer bop. I'm not going to. I'm not gonna keep going back to this album. Like when I when I listened to Lemonade, like Lemonade was on repeat on the car in rotation. Get out the car, back in the car, got it on. You know when 4:44 came out. You know I mean I didn't like every song on that. Like the second half of the album, um, after 4:44, the 4:44 and after, feeling those tracks. Other than that. Um, those were on rotation, I learned the words, I had those playing in the shower, yeah, it was great. This, no, Mm mm-mm, sorry y'all, I can't, don't come for me, this is just my opinion, we can agree to disagree, if you like the track that I, that I need to go back and listen to again, by all means, please let me know, what do you think, TT, what are your thoughts, let me know. Um, I appreciate that question. I love these questions. Y'all, we did a show. I did I did the show all by myself. Talking at my wall is one is just it's it's an uh it's a, it's an interesting experience. Um I'm more of a you know two-way person, but that's all good. Um I shout out to the podcast where they literally have one person on there all the time because I I just, I don't know if I could always do it. I don't know if I'm that entertaining. You know what I'm saying? So, (laughs) anyway, I appreciate y'all. We did an episode. Please, 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 please send your questions my way again. Make sure that you tell a friend or five to listen to the podcast. Um, Vanessa Vagisteam is always on the college tour. We're starting up our second leg of the college tour. Um in august once that's confirmed i will let y'all know where that is we're still getting things together um but if you are at a college if you know somebody in college if you go to a college if your cousin and i'm goes to a college let them know that vagisteam is on the college tour i'd love to come to your campus i'd love to spread all this vagisteam um it's my favorite thing to do and so uh, you can find my speaker packet on my website at vagisteam.com under workshops and, you know, if you have any questions, definitely send them my way. Send your questions about sex, love, and relationships and everything in between to vagisteam at gmail.com. And the biggest, 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 one of the biggest favors that you can do, you can support the podcast by, of course, listening, telling a friend, but leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts, um, commenting and following the episodes on SoundCloud. So if you have an iPhone, you're going to click on the purple icon that says podcast and then you're going to search for the Vagistine podcast and you can rate it and leave a comment I'd love to hear what you think I appreciate all of your support I know you're out there listening like hello let me know what you think let other people know when you rate it's so important the reason why I'm asking you to rate is because it helps other people find the podcast as well. So it helps, you know, let people know that we out here, we doing this, we having these courageous conversations. Um, And if you don't, if you have an Android, um, you can follow the podcast on SoundCloud and you can type all your little thoughts um, right there in the, like right where you want to, minute by minute on the episode. And I love reading those. I love responding back. I appreciate all of your support. Um, also, lastly, 
for the folks who are in New York, Sex Trivia Brooklyn is coming on July 5th to Star Bar Brooklyn. So you can get tickets at sextriviabk.eventbrite.com. It is on July 5th, Thursday, an afterwork soiree hosted by me and Ms. Vixen Magazine. We're coming together. We are bringing you a dope event. We have amazing prizes. There's going to be other people there. There's going to be drinks. There's going to be prizes from Uberloo, WeVibe, Planned Parenthood, Babeland. Get your tickets. I want to see you there. Come join. Come have a few laughs. It's going to be a great time. Again, get your tickets. SexTriviaBK.Eventbrite.com. It's happening Thursday, July 5th, after work from 6 to 10. Can't wait to see you there. Get your tickets. Tell a friend. Don't live in New York. Tell a friend. Post it. And thank you for bearing with me as we've been choppy this last month with episodes. We're going to get back on the circuit, I promise. Um, But in the meantime, take care of yourself. Build that vagisteam. Secure the bag. And I'll see you next week. Bye.